Before we get into today's game scoop, let's take a moment for a shout out to our sponsor, Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create an awesome website, connect with your audience, and sell anything all in one place, all on your terms. With Squarespace, you can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream. You design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. You can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or most popular products. Ready to get started? Head over to squarespace.com gamescoop for a free trial. And when it's showtime, use our special promo code gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by Squarespace, the easy-to-use website builder. Try it out at squarespace.com and enter offer code SCOOP at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me today, Marty Sleva. Hey, everybody. Beyond. Vincent Genito. Beyond. Brian Altano. <laughs> and clearly Canadian Mitch Dyer. Hello. Hey. Hi. Clearly Canadian. And joining us today is a, a live audience of very cool people here at PAX East 2015. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you so much for coming out today. We've got a great show planned for you. We're going to talk about, we're going to start the, the game of the decade watch. We're halfway through the decade. It's time. We've waited too long. we put this off for far too long. We've got to get to it. We also have, at the back end of the show, fabulous prizes to give away. As you enter the door, you should have received a raffle ticket. Hold on to that. Don't eat it. Don't swallow it. Don't eat it. You're going to need it to win some of this stuff. Among the things we're giving away are copies of Final Fantasy XIV in honor of the upcoming release of Final Fantasy XIV, Heaven's Ward. Whoa. Available to pre-order now. If you don't win a copy, you can check out the free trial at www.ffxiv-freetrial.com slash US. Yeah. Great job. We're also giving away a PlayStation 4. A what? I like how you're surprised. (laughs) And (gasps) this Ninja Turtles Monopoly game. (laughs) (laughs) In what universe does that get an applause at a PS4? I am in a room of my friends. (laughs) I just fell fell in love with this crowd so much more. (laughs) (laughs) And we have an Xbox One to give away. There we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yay. Uh, Back to the Ninja Turtle Monopoly thing. (laughs) Yeah! All right. I'm going to save that to the end, then. That's going to be the last thing we give away. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, follow me back to a time called 2010. (laughs) It was a more innocent time. Yeah, it was a simpler time. 
What were some of the best games of 2010? Surely, Mass Effect 2 would be one of them. Yeah, of course. So, right off the bat, yeah. never played a Mass Effect game. Get the hell Get out of here. This is, I've, I've brought this up before. I've been ostracized. Mass Effect, uh, Skyrim, and Fallout, Fallout games. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> wow. That got dark really quick. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will hire anyone at IGN. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do, what you've played. Come on in. Yeah. I don't, is, like, is this, to you guys, is this one of those defining games? Yeah, I mean, 2010 was a good year, and we'll go through a list of a lot of stuff, but Mass Effect 2 was really great. I mean, it changed up a lot of the pace of Mass Effect 1, which had this, like, impossibly high standard set before it even came out. And I think Mass Effect 2, in a lot of ways, really, really achieved, you know, its goal of kind of conquering Mass Effect 1. Yeah, I mean, I think Mass Effect's one of the defining, definitely one of the defining uh, franchises of the, of the decade, even though the first one technically didn't come out in this decade that's, you know, available that we're discussing. But, and Mass Effect 2 is clearly, easily, in my opinion, the, the best Mass Effect, like, not even... Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. What, do you like three the best? Oh, I think the first one's the best one. Oh, I see. I think the first one was the most like an RPG, which is why I loved sure. it. And that's, on that level, I think it's... A, it, like, Mass Effect 1 is a way better RPG than Mass Effect 2 is. But oh, yeah. I think, I think Mass Effect 2 is a better game yep. overall. Than totally agree. Yep. 2010 was also the year of Red Dead Redemption. Yes. I played this one, Damon. You played this one? I played this one. What do you think about it? I enjoyed it. I think it's the best Rockstar game ever made. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's better than GTA 4, GTA 5. Better than Bully? I think it's better than Better than, than Rockstar Table Tennis? <laughs> <laughs> Just get up and Don't, don't hate. That one's good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, as someone who grew up watching Westerns, uh, this game just sort of redefined how I thought of sort of open-world Western stories. You grew up watching Westerns? Are you a time traveler? <laughs> I don't, my dad's weird. <laughs> I totally did grow up watching Westerns. Hey, Marty, oh, yeah. come on in. Let's watch some Westerns. Hey, can I watch cartoons? No. <laughs> yeah, this is a great game because it has horses in it, and those are the best animal in the universe. <laughs> Give it up for horses. Yeah! I played Red Dead. I went home for the summer after college semester because uh, this is a fun, dumb thing. I was going home to get a hip replacement because I'm an old man. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to... Wise beyond his years. I bought all of these games and I was like, all right, I'm going to play Red Dead as I get this hip replacement. Didn't end up getting it. I was like, ah, the surgery sounds terrifying. I'm not going to do it. Still going to play Red Dead like a drug addict because I have no commitments or responsibilities in my life right now. And I played like 130 hours of that game. Wait, did you ever get your hip? Nah, it's still out there waiting for me. <laughs> it's fine. What is... Wait, what? Can we talk about that for a moment? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> no, you've never seen him. Like, he, he has hip problems. I have, like, a busted hip. Yeah. Really? Yeah, my hip's disjointed. You were currently surrounded by, like, 130-year-old men. <laughs> uh -huh. Wow, we tricked a lot of people into coming to this panel today. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about westerns and hip replacements and Metamucil. I and spent that whole summer wondering where is Javier. How's everyone's on? 401k doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel to 400K, by the way. <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I did, Shut I did, it down. This is the one. That's, that's the winner of the year. I did not play Galaxy 2. What? What, what made this one, no, yeah. what made this one like, better than Galaxy? Because a lot of people think it's better than Galaxy. Yeah, that Yoshi. <laughs> Yoshi, yeah. Yoshi perfect. Fair enough. No, it did that thing where it picked up right where Galaxy left off. Like, Galaxy yeah. was hitting a sweet spot right at the end in terms of like, balancing difficulty and, and creativity. Yep. And this one just grabbed the ball and ran with it right mm -hmm. from the get-go. Yeah, I think and it, did that, it did that conceptually. And in terms of design, uh, of level, like, by the end of Super Mario Galaxy, I was like, well, wow, they've actually, this is a new concept. And usually when a game introduces a, a fairly new concept or, or a novel kind of structure, uh, it struggles with finding a way to explore it. But Galaxy 1 explored it, to me, fairly fully. And by the end, I was like, okay, they did everything they, they could do with this idea. That Nope, Galaxy 2 came along, and they were just constantly, like, how did they think of that? Like, smart design really, like, catches my eye and anything that makes me feel like they're topping themselves and fully fleshing out and exploring their own new ideas is really exciting to me. So I think Galaxy definitely belongs in this conversation. Yeah, I love this game. It's, it's probably one of my favorite Nintendo games of the last few years. And they've made a lot of really good ones. I know they're, they, they haven't been selling consoles very well, but they've still been making really good games. Oh, sure. Um, and this is, this is up there. Uh, I think it did a lot of things better than Galaxy. Like, Galaxy had a lot of those weird mini games where you had to, like, hold the Wii remote and balance stuff. And yeah. we, like... I try, we all tried to tell them this, but that never worked. And I'm glad we're past it now. We're, we don't have to do that anymore, mostly. 
but it didn't work. And I'm so glad we don't have to play video games like that anymore. So it's the opposite yeah. of fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Still hoping for an HD remake for the yeah. Wii U. Mm. Why not That'd just a sequel? Well, okay, sure. That'd Hell be yeah. fun. that would be uh, acceptable. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, fun fact that the font that 2010 is in is, in, is from the movie Commando. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sometimes I really love you, Damon Hadfield. I, I wonder if there's like Game Scoop bingo. Like, oh, I had Commando. I got it. <laughs> Insla- well, now How about this, that Enslaved? Oh, now man. That's a contentious pick there. Yeah. You think so? No. Like, not good enough? or No, I mean, there's things that Enslaved does absolutely brilliantly, and there's things that, in my opinion, it does kind of not so brilliantly. I mean, hmm. uh, in terms of narrative and character and world building, yeah, I mean, absolutely Enslaved is one of the more memorable games of the decade. Uh, mechanically... Uh, combat was fine. It didn't, uh, like, uh, to, to me, the mark of a good, like, kind of character action game, and it's not really a character action game, but anything where I'm doing that much fighting, I need the fighting to feel really interesting and engaging and challenging. And it's, for me, it was like, it's, al- me. it's almost an adventure game. Like, you are running around with this girl, and you're just trying to keep her safe, and uh, she's also trying to keep you safe, and you're going through all these, like, interesting, like, environmental puzzles, trying to navigate these awesome, beautiful spaces. And then sometimes, yeah, like robots come down, you have to fight them. But that was kind of supplementary for me. Like, I don't need complex combat to. Why, what are you laughing at? You guys got googly I, eyes I, going I on. I right love, now? it's like you can't describe video games without sounding completely ridiculous. Not just you, everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like this yeah. beautiful story, and it's amazing, and it's, it's heartwarming, and then you fight robots, and then there's. <laughs> You're a boy with a monkey tail. Like, I love yes. it. It's, it's, it's why I love this medium so much, because it's so, it's so, so dumb. <laughs> well, Slave goes to such like a, an amazing dark place at the end, too. Like, it presents a philosophical quandary and doesn't tell you the right answer. It ends on this, like, really great. Very cool Question. ending. Yeah. yeah. By, by audience applause, do you think Enslaved is one of the best games of the decade? Some people? Okay. That's wow. Fair. Totally fair. My, my few people. What about Alan Wake? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Alan Wake is six claps more popular than Enslaved. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the box art, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan Wake had such a rad world. Like, rad World? It was a Rad World. Rad World sounds like an NES game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that story, uh, that place, those characters, that was all great. Like, the stuff you actually did in the game was whatever, but as long as, the, as, long as like, everything around it's cool, I can, I can get through that. I never also, finished Alan Wake as much as I loved the world and thought it was so interesting because, uh, what's the name of that character? His, his agent? Barry? Oh, yeah. I couldn't. Like, I got, I, I was literally every scene that he was in, I was like, oh my God, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And eventually I just, oh, yeah. I just tapped out. I'm like, every I can't scene take just begins him. like, Alan, baby, how can I yeah. help you? They're Come crafting on, like dude. this interesting, nuanced world, and all of a sudden this yeah. like Hollywood caricature just busts through the door like the Kool Aid Man. And I'm like, what is this? I but can't do this. I like that though. Like, I, I don't know, like that game is so clearly inspired by Twin Peaks. And it's the same thing as, like, when uh, David Lynch's character appears in Twin Peaks. Yeah. He's this, like, weird guy. He's just screaming all the time because mm-hmm. he's, like, deaf. And he's out of place in the rest of that, like, weird, moody, serious world. But it still works for me. I thought it was a beautiful game. I appreciated that it didn't look like a lot of other games yeah, totally. at the time. Yeah, yeah the setting in yeah. particular. Yeah. They're not all great, though. The worst game of 2010 was probably Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for Wii. <laughs> <laughs> we reviewed it. We gave it a 1.5, God. but it's lasting appeal with only a 0.5. Uh, I think Christine Steimer reviewed this one. I, I think like how it got a six because it was limited and simple, but not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> what? No bar. Wow, we'll just throw that number around like it's nothing. Yeah. My favorite part here is it says lasting appeal. There are four mini games that last a minute and a half long each. So that's six minutes of gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them requires way too much coordination. Yep. <laughs> anyway, 2011. How about, uh, you ever heard of this game? Portal 2? (laughs) This is a good year. This This is going to be a tough one to beat. I instantly want to replay Portal 2 like right now. It's so good. I I was telling someone the story last night that Portal 2 sort of got me back into games. I had like a two-year span. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I didn't play. That's why why I didn't play. Fallout. Because I had this couple-year span where I just didn't, I still played games, but I just didn't play them as much. And then I remember the day uh, Portal 2 and Mortal Kombat came out. Same day, I went to Best Buy, got them both, and went home and like played them with my girlfriend at the time for 
the entire weekend. That sort of recharged me. And then I think less than a month later, I she left you. She, God, <laughs> it was like four years later that she left. You, to be honest. Uh, no, less than a month later, uh, I ended up getting my job at One Up, and that was sort of like awesome. the thing that got me into it. So, and in my interview, yeah, I was talking also about the, two the, in, in Mortal Kombat. The weekend you got back into games was the weekend that uh, PSN got hacked and went down for like two months. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, I, I look back on Portal 2 the same way I think about like very classic old Looney Tunes cartoons in that it's, stick with me, uh, in that it's, it's just very goofy and very endearing and the, the characters are, are so well written and it's just really creative. Like, and it's just the, the way it all comes together, it just feels like something like Chuck Jones would have made. Totally. It's, yeah. I, I totally understand why no one understands that. I grew up on Looney Tunes, not Westerns. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> I'm sorry. Mitch, you, uh, you got to play the new little portal thing at GDC, right? Yeah, the Valve, like, Vive or Vive, whatever the VR thing is. They have, like, a new portal-themed demo where you're, like, standing inside Aperture Science. And uh, one of the co-op robots, Atlas, the big round guy, Yeah. he just, like, walks into this room, and you, you tear him apart, and you do a repair job on him. It's awesome. Yeah. Also, remember that game had co-op? Does that, did anyone yeah. play that co-op? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was really so yeah. good. It was great. Super good. 2011 was a really good year. That was also the year. Skyrim. Woof. <laughs> Never played it. <laughs> Stopped after two hours. I said that right off the bat. But I'm, I have qualms with your list, but I'll wait till the end of No, this is not my list. We, we sort of put this together, and it's based on uh, uh, IGN See, reviews. And we're just opening a discussion here, okay. Marty. So Stop if you being have... so hostile. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that Skyrim was going to be, in terms of RPG mechanics, maybe a little bit streamlined from Oblivion, I was instantly defensive and nervous. I'm like, nope, this is going to be bad. It's going to be super mindless and casual, and I don't want that at all. And then when I got my hands on it, I'm like, wow, like they, they just took out things that didn't matter. And like, that's the kind of complexity you just don't need, right? Like th that just don't have any tangible effect on your play experience. And that's really the stuff they cut out and just let everything else bubble up to the top. Um, so that, that was my, my favorite thing design-wise about Skyrim. And geez, those vistas... I mean, that made me want to go out for a walk, and that takes some effort, believe me. So, so for that reason alone, like, yep. It's also insane that, I mean, four years later, this game is still huge. This game's still massive on IGN. Yeah, yeah. Like, still outside one of, our, of GTA 5. Like a top 10 game on IGN. Yeah, still. totally. Yeah. Um, and, like, the mod community is still strong, so it's, it's super impressive what mm -hmm. Bethesda was able to do with it. We also got Uncharted 3 in 2011. Uncharted 3 or Uncharted 2? Two? 2. Uncharted 2. Yeah. 3 or 2? Two. Oh, here, here's some 3s out there. We need, we, need an, we need an applause vote here on this. Who says Uncharted 2? Golden Abyss. And, un <laughs> and Uncharted 3. Suck it, Greg Miller. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hold it. <laughs> Rayman Origins came out this year. Uh, what about the collectible so card game? <laughs> this game is so good. Rayman Origins, like, uh, Marty yeah. once yelled at me because I told him, I think we were talking about Legends, but Legends also includes, like, 90% of Origins. Like, I told him I think yeah. Rayman Legends might be the best platformer ever made. Yep. Yeah, it's up there. And it's... You, you just threw Super Mario World in my face, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. But Don still, like, it is so good. Diddy's Conquest. Diddy's Conquest. How <laughs> can I forget out of here? Yeah. Rayman Origins, I love this game, but it's also why I stopped reviewing video games because... <laughs> I, we got a PS3 copy in, and I played it for 15 hours, and then we had to send it back, and then a new copy came in, and I started from scratch and played it all through there. Uh, then it came to Xbox, Wii, PC, Vita, 3DS, iPhone, Amiga, somebody's calculator. <laughs> and by the time I was done reviewing all of them, I was like, I don't want to review games anymore because I don't want to play the same thing 100 times. I love this game so much that I know I'm going to hate it by the time I'm done doing this because I've spent 200 hours playing it now. That, but it was... Was that the last game you reviewed? Um, I think I, I reviewed Scribblenauts for Wii U at the, at the launch of the Wii U. Oh, that's right. Is that the DC one? That yeah. One? Um, so I, I really enjoy this game. I love the, the co-op. I think they, it's done better than New Super Mario Brothers. If that's possible, to have like four people playing at the same time. It's frantic. It's awesome. It's really beautiful. Great game. That's probably my pick for 2011. The worst game of 2011 might have been Blackwater. I reviewed that game. <laughs> Who remembers this game? 
Yeah, so that was that was my qualm. Okay. I was going to wait till after Black. So Friday. why didn't you add it to the doc? I we were allowed to add <laughs> stuff to your doc. Yeah, of course. I oh man, I wouldn't have editing abilities. I would have deleted everything in 2010 and just put Battlefield Bad Company too. Oh yeah! Wow, wow. that's yeah, a sure. strong move. Yeah. Squarespace is the easiest way to create an awesome website, blog, or online store. It features an elegant interface, sexy templates, and handy 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code SCOOP at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. What a liar. Everyone who worked on that game is a liar. I'm sorry. <laughs> that never, no, that's never happened ever. No one, that's, no, that's not how you play video games ever, you liars. Do you remember what you gave the game? I think I gave it a two, which I think is abysmal. <laughs> better than, better than uh, Rudolph. Yeah, better than yep. Rudolph. If you could only buy one game in 2010 or 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph or Blackwater, both geared towards the same audience. Uh, in 2012, Journey came out. Whoa. Shut it down. Whoa. Yeah, this, this to me, this is the game of the decade so far. Really? Yeah, this, uh, this was my favorite game of the last generation. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those games that I've shown so many people. Like, I've sat down with people who lapsed gamers. I've sat down with people who've never played a game. I've sat down with my parents. I've sat mm. down, you know, significant others. Uh, and it's just such, this, it's such a small, perfect, special little thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, out of everything on this list so far, I mean... Every, pretty much every game, in, in my opinion, on this list so far has been an, what I would call an excellent or outstanding game. But um, this, this one is the only one that I would call so far, I think, like an, an achievement. Hmm. Something I want to point to this decade, you know, from this past decade and say, look what games can do. And uh, Journey's the only one so far, I'd say, that uh, does that. That ticks off that criteria for me, and it's an important one for me. I think it's a great experience. It's one of a kind. I don't think it's a great game. You don't really play anything in that, in that game. You don't really, it's really just holding up while beautiful things happen, which is fine. That's great, but I don't really... Oh man, I'm going to get totally killed for this. Yeah, you're, this I, is awful. The room is turning on me right now. Um, you went to art make school. Make a joke. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, no, I went to art school. Yeah, I, I think it's a great, it's a great moving painting. It's a, great, like, it's, it's a great interactive experience. I don't think that you really do much. Like, you jump a couple times, and then you climb up a mountain, and you die. It's over. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful. The sound is incredible, but, you know, it's just not really fun to play. But it's, mm -hmm. I mean, to your point about it not being a game, I, I mean, to some degree, I agree, but... You have this, it's the rare instance of a game where you and I can play together, not knowing each other. We don't need to communicate because we can't really help each other that much. So it's cooperative, but really it's not. But at the same time, we're both getting something out of that. And I think regardless of whether or not you need to like collect puzzle pieces, like it's still See, awesome. I don't know, my, my co-op experience in that game was halfway through, some guy showed up and I was like, who's that dude with the scarf? And then he disappeared. That was it. And I was like, I don't, do I have to understand Wait, that? Everything, everything is becoming clear. Your partner abandoned you, and and that ruined journey for you forever. Oh my God! <laughs> you, you just haven't faced the grief. Just face the grief. That's why I hate everything. Let it out here and now, Brian. Damn it! Uh, no, I do love this game, though. Yeah, Borderlands Two in 2012. Woo! As Andrew Goldfarb busts through the door. <laughs> game of the century. <laughs> Uh, awesome game. Yeah, this game this game's the best. Uh, this game's so much fun. Uh, playing online with four people. Approaches Portal 2 levels of funniness, I think. Mm -hmm. Approaches. Yeah, Anthony Birch is yep. a complete genius. Um, yep. Mm. Yeah, this game, yeah, playing this game, I feel like a lot of people who were sort of down on it maybe played it solo and, and didn't fully appreciate going in with four people because it became, for me, almost like a platform to just like hang out with people. Yep. Yeah. And like I was catching up with them while also shooting weird crab monsters and... Mm. You know, guns. what's funny about that is that I have, I have the same high regard for the game, even though I, I played it, unless there was, unless it was like, hey, someone's over and I need to, like, you know, entertain them. For the most part, my Borderlands experience is, is solo, and I still loved it. I mean, I still absolutely loved it. Borderlands 2 is on this short list of games for me, uh, along with, this is going to seem random, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yes! With, yeah. With, as a sequel that in every way just expands exponentially all the ideas that, yeah. that the first one had uh, and just feels like a complete, meaty, fully fleshed out, dense package. Uh, and that's, like, Borderlands 2 took all the ideas that Borderlands 1 had and, uh, and kind of followed them to their, you know, to their natural uh, conclusion. 
Um, yeah. This game messed with me because I love, I love collecting things in games. Mm -hmm. I love getting everything. And I couldn't. <laughs> it's like, nope. hey, there's infinity collectibles in this game, so have fun. I'm like, nope, I'll never get them all. What is it, 11 billion guns? Something, it's a fake number. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a number. It's not a number. Yeah, but yeah great game. I know several members of this panel enjoyed Dishonored. Yeah. Yes. This is a game that is, for me, probably like top three of the last generation as a whole. Really? Like, yeah, wow. it just... I'm, I love stealth games, but I'd never played one like this. I missed out on Thief, and I missed out on like that era of PC stealth games. So getting to play in, like, a new game by Harvey Smith and having him add, like, him and his team, obviously, but like they added all these really interesting powers, these new systems to allow you to navigate the world in really interesting ways, and then the way you kind of engage with the world affects how it responds to you in the future. Like, if you kill people, hey, that's going to cause problems because, like, Rats are going to eat corpses, and that's going to cause people to like become plagued. That kind of stuff is really interesting to me. Uh, also, that game's story is uh, and world is among the best in video games. Mm -hmm. It's something that is like on the surface, if you're just playing it and killing guys and trying to like complete the objectives, it's very simple. Like it's got like some cool visuals, but if you really dig deep into it, like you bust out that heart and you have the heart talk about the world every time you can, man, you learn. So much cool stuff about that universe. I feel like it was a really like kind of ignored, slept on game too. Like mm -hmm. it was one of those games that there there are games that hit the room at IGN that were just like everyone's playing at the same time. We're all talking about, but Dishonored was one of those that only a couple people were really like, you have to play this, and you, they were very loud and very very vocal, and they kind of convinced everybody else that this was something important. You were one of those people. Uh, we had a similar thing for another game that's probably on this list, Far Cry Three. Yeah. Uh, 2012, Telltale really hit on something with Walking Dead. Okay, I'm going to say exactly what I said about Journey. <laughs> I'm going to see if it plays differently to this room. Awesome experience, not really the best game. I guess yes, it depends, no? It depends on, I guess, what you really look for in a game. So, so here's, the, here's, the, here's the funny thing about the word video game, right? Yeah. Is that, and as being... I am one of those people who is all about mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. I'm very, very focused on mechanics. Your father was a mechanic. Right. <laughs> Except not, but yeah. Um, no, but because of that, I, I tend to want to look at games the same way. I say, hey, game is one half of that experience. Video is one half, game is the other half. But game is also a limiting word because it's just... It's just another word for software, right? Sure. It can do whatever it wants to do. It can, it can yeah, no, be don't, an experience. Don't, don't right? get me wrong. I'm not one of those people that was just like, that's not a video game, or you know, it has to be more like this or more like that. Like, I think that there, there are moments in this game where it becomes a first-person shooter for a second, right? It's awful. Mm. And it's awful. And that's yeah. awful. And it doesn't yeah. work. There's moments where you have to run, and it doesn't really work. Like, yeah. the game is... It's a, it's a beautiful sort of series of set pieces that you can actually walk to the ends of. Like, it's just, it's like this room. You walk to the end of it, and you're like, that's it. Yeah. And you can't go behind it. You can't look behind anything. It's just you walk back and forth. You pick things up. You talk to people, and they die. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Somehow it's awesome. You're just spoiling every game on this list. Uh, <laughs> no, it's also, I mean, it's it, super influential for stuff that came afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, without this, we wouldn't have had, obviously, Telltale wouldn't be, doing these thousand projects they're doing now, but I don't think we would have seen stuff like Broken Age. Obviously, we wouldn't see stuff coming up like Firewatch or, mm -hmm. or Ron Gilbert's game. Uh, yeah, I really think... I, as much as I love The Walking Dead season one, though, I still think Wolf Among Us is better. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. Wow, you have supporters. Yeah. Huh? I'm, I have to go with Walking Dead. I just, I really, I thought it was incredibly ballsy to have a, a world that was so deranged and horrific and then the main character be a little girl. Like, yeah. that's... That takes some balls. Yeah. Yep. Not to say little girl and balls in the same sentence. That's horrible. <laughs> Three years later, how are, we, how are we feeling about Halo 4? Yeah? Ooh, that's <laughs> about the response I expected. We got some claps and some groans. Interesting. I think a lot of people still have a bad taste in their mouth about Halo right now. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's true. because the game was bad. Like, Halo 4 was still a really great game. Yeah. No, people have a bad taste that... <laughs> Half Master Chief, Master, oh, Master Chief, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, half of Halo Four was a great game, right? I think the single player, uh, mechanically and visually, and man, that sound design, the sound design, is oh my god, every single one of those guns, I just want to fire them into the air. I don't, I don't care about <laughs> fire them in the air. In I don't the care if I hit things or not. I just want to hear them. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, multiplayer is a big part of what makes Halo Halo, and Halo Four's multiplayer is arguably the weakest multi of yeah. the entire series. Worst game of 2012? 
maybe Ninja Gaiden 3? Oh, another God, I also reviewed that one. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? You hate I got, everything. I got assigned a lot of bad games in the early days of IGN. That's we not Ninja Gaiden 3. That is not Ninja Gaiden 3. We always what? say that Mitch either like absolutely loves something or totally hates something. Is that true? No, not no. at all. I gave a lot of fives at IGN. I just gave Life is Strange a six. A six? Yeah, oh. it's all right. It's got some good stuff. It's got so, some bad stuff. So what was wrong with this game? With Ninja Gaiden 3? Yeah. Oh, man, it was like repetitive, simple. The enemy design was boring. The story was incomprehensible. Uh, it was way too long. The multiplayer was worthless. Should wow, I go okay. on? <laughs> no, please don't. That'll do. It's sold. <laughs> All right, 2013. There's a game called The Last of Us that came out. You're going to spoil this one too all time? I'm not going to spoil it, okay? Like I, it's not a spoiler if I say somebody dies in The Walking Dead. It's in the damn title. <laughs> or that there's a journey in Journey. Or that someone dies in Journey. <laughs> no, for me... When I, was, when I was thinking about coming to this uh, panel yesterday, this was the one game, I was like, this is just not a, dis- it, to me, it's almost not a discussion. I'm like, this is the achievement. This is the achievement. Yeah. All right, you uh, guys can go home then. Yeah, I, I don't, discussion. All, every other game, like I said before, every other game is, is an ex- they're all excellent games. They're all achievements in their own right. But I mean, yeah. this is, this is the, uh, The Last of Us is the blueprint for the future of video games. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the future of how we find ways to tell interesting stories that matter without compromising uh, gameplay mechanics uh, or world building. That's, they, they solved, they've, for, they've 95% solved, Naughty Dog has 95% solved that problem. And everyone just needs to take pages out of their playbook and extrapolate. And there you go, yep. in 15 years we'll all be playing like games that are movies, but they're still games. Yeah. This game uh, is special to me because just the circumstances I played it in, uh, we had uh, some copies, obviously, early in the office because Colin was reviewing it, uh, but this game came out during E3, I want to say, or right after E3. Maybe right after. And so we had copies, and I got a hold of one copy the night before I went to E3. And so I literally sat, I started at like six at night, and I sat down, and I just played the game straight through until like an hour before my flight. And, like, it is, and I think this, that was the, easily the last time I played a, you know, a game this big in a single sitting. And I'm probably not going to do it again because by the end I didn't know That's what crazy. That game, the game was like 15, 18 hours that long could, It was big, yeah. Wow. Yeah, by the time I got to that hospital, I was like, just get me out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the campaign in that is remarkable and like by far the reason you should play it. But did anyone play the multiplayer on The oh, Last yeah. of Us? Yeah. Yeah, the multiplayer was good. It is a little bit. Like it. exceptional. I played it for 40 hours. It is just as punishing and cruel as the single player. But you kind of have to like protect your friends yeah. who don't come back when they die. Yeah. Also, it wasn't 2013, but the Left Behind DLC was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the best pieces of sort of story DLC mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. I think 2013 may have been one of the best years of the past five yeah. years. We also got Grand Theft Auto V that year. You heard about it? It's the first Grand Theft Auto game I've ever played to completion and enjoyed. Wow. wow. Yeah. The series has never been for me, but GTA V turned me around. Like, the yeah. Variety of characters, switching perspectives. The world is like obviously so perfectly realized and beautiful, and just feels like a place. It's got an amazing sense of space. It's fun. It almost feels like uh, Rockstar's cheating because they have infinite time, talent, and money to make a game, and so everything that comes out is just going to be incredible. Yeah, um, they're like the Yankees. They, the Yankees would. They're developing in, in God mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're developing in God mode. Well, they're doing it right. I mean, I feel like there is. There's so much excitement about their games because they don't put one out every year. Like, that is the biggest difference, is that yep. every single year it's not like, Assassin's Creed, Libya. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the guy going to climb and jump into the haystack now? Who cares? Like, or another Call of Duty. Hey, we killed another guy in a country that was vaguely ethnic. Who knows? Like, and these guys are just like, no, we're going to keep our heads down for five years. We're going to see you when we're ready. We're, like, they are not annualizing anything. So every, everything they do is special. I remember, like, they would send us a screenshot like a picture once every three months and we'd be like we're putting it up and it was just a boat and people were like I love that boat I can't wait to drive get out of the boat and shoot a cop people love it and it's so good it's really important to build that up uh, and like, we don't really see that a lot so I really appreciate that you know and I think it's, it's very special they get to do that and take their time yeah and they're one of the only uh, game companies that are sort of just bigger than the rest of video games like they don't, yeah. they don't go to E3 they don't have to go to E3 they don't need to yeah 2013 we also got Bioshock Infinite. It's a divisive one. Yeah. 
Think so? so? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was universally loved. Really? Not sure, <laughs> it, no? it, it was <laughs> until like a week after release when everyone was suddenly like, I didn't like the combat. Oh. Wait, hold on. You don't right, have to right, make right. that voice. I didn't like the combat. I'm Brian on exactly I didn't like the like combat. <laughs> I didn't like the combat. Yeah, that was it. It's like that, that's, the voice you, that's, the, that's the voice you read a Yelp review in. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the one star Yelp review. No, but so remember before where I was saying that la- the problems that Last of Us solved, Bioshock, as beautiful as it was, failed to solve. Yeah. And that's marrying its narrative with its, with its gameplay. Everyone, yep. Marriage isn't for everyone, it's. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I got that. Uh, uh, what about Zelda: Link Between Worlds? Oh my god! Oh yeah. I just want to watch uh, that forever. Similar to GTA, this is actually the first two D two D like top down Zelda game I played and enjoyed. What? I, I know. Seriously. I. Why are we? I fixed myself. I like Link to the Past now. Growing up, it was like, I just didn't get why people love this game. And I was like, all right, moving on with my life. And then Zelda became this massive thing. And I played Ocarina and was like, oh, this, this is kind of great. So when this came out, this like, changed everything about Zelda for me. This a, made me go back and play Wind Waker. made me go back and play Link to the Past. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of Link to the Past. And I think when we first heard that this game was set in the same world, basically, I was worried. I was like, this is going to be a retread. There's no reason to go back to that. It was like, it's like going to like, a high school reunion or something like that, and everybody's like, fat and pregnant. Like, this is awful. I don't want to remember things like this. Yeah. Um, but this really worked. Like, it, was, it yeah. was brand new. It felt familiar, I, but it was also very new and different. What I appreciated was, for the first time, you could really do dungeons in any order. So I walked into the hardest dungeon of the game and got murdered, like, in five minutes. And I was like, wow, not ready for that. And I went back out and got awesome and came back. Um, the item system was kind of weird. Like, I, yeah. I pretty much found myself buying everything instead of renting them. Well, because you had so, infinite gold. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a fantastic game. In 2013, we got a pretty decent reboot of Tomb Raider. Yep. Look at that lens flare. I can't look at that picture of her without imagining how she's going to die. Because that game was so <laughs> unnecessarily gory at times. Like, yeah, especially super when, gory death yeah. animations. When, yeah. the, when the tree goes through you. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. It's hard to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, this game, like, this game was so much better than it had any right to be. Yep, like, there was, totally. Like, the, uh, Tomb Raider up until then had always been this sort of anomaly. Like, I, under- I don't know. I got why people liked it, but I never I did. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. And then all of a sudden this came out, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, Crystal D just gets it now. Like, they get how to make it. Why are you talking to him like that? Crystal D. D. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy Crystal D. Like, like my boy Crystal D. D. Yeah. Old Jimmy D. That sounds like a, a cartoon pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal D. Crystal D. But uh, sort of taking that, like, Arkham... Metroid Prime, yeah. you know, open world Metroidvania style, but adding this, you know, this awesome rad female hero- like heroine. Yeah, to me it was it was parts Uncharted, it was parts Resident Evil Four, and it was parts Metroid Prime. Yeah. It's like that's that is a great foundation. It also like I think about Uncharted and I think about how it's a, really a lot of like kind of running down tunnels and hallways and then getting into these open areas where you clear out a bunch of enemies and keep going. Mm-hmm. But this had like these huge playgrounds that you yeah. could just climb around in and, and you could return to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny because. Uh, you know, Uncharted as a series owes a bit to Tomb Raider. Yep. Uh, and then this Tomb Raider reboot <clears throat> owns quite a bit to Uncharted. But now it looks like Uncharted 4 is learning from Tomb Raider. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it has the open world. So I, I sort of like that, these, these two pillars. Uh, yeah, it just means yeah. we totally. get even more great games, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Competition, iteration. Iteration yep. is like the... It's key. Yeah. On the other end of the development scale, it's gone home. Woo! Oh. Yeah. There you go. What are you going to say about it, Altana? I love it. <laughs> is it a game? Yeah. Damn right you did. I told, I told, I had lunch with, this is a bad story, I'm going to tell that anyway. I had lunch with uh, oh Steve Gaynor the day after I finished this game, and he, you know, he wrote Gone Home, um, and pretty well created it by hand. Yeah. Um, and I said, I really love your game because it's the only game I've ever played where you can pick up a condom and throw it at a wall. <laughs> there is that. And he was like, you took the wrong things from this game. But. <laughs> no, it, it was really good. And it, I, I really like the sort of bait and switch that you, I, the, you're, you kind of feel the entire game, that it's a survival horror game. Yeah. Or at least yeah. I did. Did yeah. anyone else? It was, there, it was eerie, right? Like, yeah. It's unfamiliar and it's dark and it's brooding, brooding and you're alone. And it's, like, it's an isolating experience as you discover somebody learning how to cope with their isolating experience. It's also a really cool game where you can just totally trash a house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
leave the lights on. <laughs> you go in the kitchen, you open up everything, you just throw it on the floor, and then your parents come home and they're divorced, and it's... Yeah. <laughs> <And> spoilers! <laughs> Make it worse for everybody. Yeah, no, it does, uh, it does so many things so well, uh, from world building to storytelling to yeah. uh, just fantastic writing and, and VO. And the music's really good, too. Yeah, the music's incredible. The incredible thing to me about the storytelling, uh, not just the, the story content, but the way the story is told, is that it's kind of told piecemeal in this like modular, open way where you're just going to discover pieces of story if you're paying a lot of attention, or you're not. Like that could, be a, that could be a game about a woman coming home, a young woman coming home and finding her home different than she left it, yeah. and her family different than she left it. Or that can be a game about discovering uh, you know, secrets about generations and generations of your family that have been buried deep in the past. Like, it's hard to talk about this stuff without spoiling it. I definitely don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But uh, yeah, you will get as much out of that story as you explore and put in. And what's amazing is that you can even experience it out of order. Like uh, Jared Petty, who some of you may know. Um, yeah, Jared. Um, <laughs> No, him and I have this discussion all the time where we talk about a key point in the story that, again, not going to spoil, but I got part one first and then part two, and he got part two first yeah. and then part one, and the result was the same, this mind-blowing explosion of emotion where we're like, oh my God, I can't believe what this person's gone Whoa. through, but we had a completely different route there, and that's, to, to be able to tell a story that's that, um, that's that emotionally, um, you know, rich and let people discover it in their own way is really and that's it's, a design. And it's two hours long. That's awesome. Yeah. Like we yeah. no, we I mean we always get mad at games for being too long or too short or whatever. But this was this was absolutely perfect to just sit down. People just said to me, put on headphones, sit down in front of your computer and play this game and talk to me in two hours. And it was it was the the best thing to tell people. Now I, I sit right across from Mitch at work and all day, every day he talks about this Dota 2 and I have no yeah. idea what he's talking about. Yeah. No, <laughs> I guess not. All right. I'm going to boo a game I've just, never played. It's I've just, played it. I don't understand it, and that's why I'm booing. <laughs> it's just you and me, Mitchie D. That's fine. We'll give it a brief. I mean, Dota 2 is like the most complex, satisfying, skill-based multiplayer game I've ever played. I've what, played... About, what about Goldeneye? Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. <laughs> no, I mean, as a person who's all about mechanics and mechanical richness, which I think is... Sadly, I think mechanical richness is kind of going away from single player. Like, I can't think of a lot of single player games. I can't think of any single player game that says, uh, has as much to learn, as much to understand, and as much to get good at uh, as, as Dota 2 yeah. does. And that's ultimately why I love it, is because after hundreds and hundreds of hours, I mean, I'm sure, Mitch, between the two of us, we have probably close to 2,000 hours. Oh, yeah. God, uh, what is what wrong is, with yeah, you? That, Dude, it's volunteer soup still, kitchen. It's an RPG. It is an RPG where every time you play a game, you can play 109 different characters, and you will play against five different enemies every single time. So every enemy encounter is different depending on who they pick, who you are, and it's just like an infinite variety of awesome RPG encounters. I, would j I just want my friends back. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Brian, how about Super Mario 3D World? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome game. <laughs> Yes, it had cats. That was the um, one, that's right. Yeah. I really like this game because I, I think we, we, we were really fatigued on 2D Marios. Like, we went from having only a couple of them every few years when I was a kid to, I think we got nine in two years once, and we were like, I'm, I'm good. I don't want any more of these new Super Mario games. Um, and this did that sort of, like, isometric kind of 3D kind of 2D gameplay yeah. that was iterated on, on, on the Wii U in the sequel that came out afterwards. But it's just really fun. All the levels are like perfectly sized for, for uh, the 3DS. Like it's something you can just pop open, play through a stage and, and close and get on the bus. Yeah, yeah um, I, think World, I think World just took what landed and surpassed yeah. it every way. And yeah. added multiplayer and yeah, stuff. super gorgeous. Marty, I think you reviewed the worst game of 2013. <laughs> Fast and Furious Showdown. Oh, 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 oh. That, that, that game was really bad. Yeah, yeah, that game was a, uh, a hot piece of garbage monster. <laughs> running, we're running short on time, so we, let's let's pick up let's the pace go. going through 2014. These games are very recent in our memory. Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> Vince, you reviewed it. You loved it. Yes, I did, um, and I didn't expect to love it at all. Uh, Dragon Age Two. I mean. The, I understand that some people are a fan, and I understand why they're a fan, but for me, coming from uh, the school of, of Baldur's Gate, uh, coming from the school of PC... Did you go to RPGs, Baldur's Gate U? <laughs> BGU? BGU, yeah. You went um, to so many schools. <laughs> Don't tell Vince he went to a fake college. <laughs> no! Um, no, but coming from that school, I, I feel like... 
I've seen the RPG steadily, steadily decline in complexity and richness. Uh, and I just expected Dragon Age 3 to be like the next step. If Dragon Age was here in that complexity and then Dragon Age 2 was somewhere like, like, like here, you know, I thought Dragon Age 3 was going to be somewhere down below this table. And it wasn't. It, it brought the bar all the way back up. While it was on the ceiling. Yeah, it, almost the ceiling while maintaining all of those modern uh, amenities, I guess, that gamers want to make their experience more accessible and more palatable. And that's really impressive. And you had the ability to smooch Freddie Prinze Jr. That's true. Ooh. Yeah. Shadow of Mordor. I just like looking at all these. Yeah. Super cool game. Super cool game. Yeah. yeah. Hearthstone, who's with me on Hearthstone? Yeah, that's a, that's a Damon joint right there. Yeah. That's your Dota, right? That's my Dota. Yeah. How, how much have you played, do you know? Uh, not 2,000 hours yeah. <laughs> on that one. Uh, Super Smash Brothers for you. Yes. Yeah, that's a game that still, I mean, months later, I feel like people are playing it in our demo room literally every day. Yeah. Week. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's a couple games that sort of just take over at IGN, and that's, that was one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it gave us Amiibos, which is ruining the rest of my which friends. Which is ruining my life. So between Amiibo and Dota 2, all of my friends are leaving. Yeah, I was going to say, the way, the way you guys feel about Dota 2 is exactly how I feel about Smash. I don't get it. I don't. I, really? Always. And I'm a fighting game. People who follow me, like, know I'm a huge fighting game guy all my life. I grew up on Nintendo as much or more than anyone else and it's never clicked in my brain. I've never understood what people are enjoying about that game. Wow. Like, you are just pushing someone off the edge of a, of a platform, and that's about as much as I see in it. Like, no one, I've never been able to see it. So, I'm not down with that. Okay. Don't clap. Don't <laughs> clap. Yeah, you clap if you agree. That's fine. How about uh, South Park, Stick of Truth? Yeah. In, uh, I, mi I, miss, I miss RPGs. I miss being able to play 90-hour RPGs, and this was perfect for me. I want, I want an RPG to come out every couple months that's kind of like this. That's funny, that's, uh, I can finish in 12 hours, it has great writing, great story. It, it felt like a 90-hour experience in, in 12 hours. It was everything I used to get from playing Final Fantasy games, but just hilarious. Yeah. Really, really good game. And then in classic Obsidian fashion, I agreed right up until the point that the game broke and deleted my save and I could never <laughs> play it again. I yeah. always love that people are like, that's part of the charm. I'm like, no, that's nope, not. It's really no, it's not. <laughs> Worst game of 2014 might have been Rambo the video game. Poor Rambo. Poor Rambo. It's an on-rails shooter. I pulled up the trailer, but maybe in the interest of time, I'm, we've watched it before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and games that shout out the list doesn't mean we don't love them. Uh, that's that's everything we prepared. I think that's uh, yeah. it's really interesting. What what's something to shout? Hell yeah! Oh, yeah, I'll shovel mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. transistor. You see, you guys need to add this stuff to the list. Sorry, man. <laughs> we already ran out of time. If we had, we'd still be on 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd still be. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to officially say that. Where's the, Dark Souls? The Marty's conversation the Dark Souls. is not complete without uh, Dark Souls. For the record, Marty is the Dark Souls fan. He did not add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> One job. <laughs> We're just starting the discussion, but I think this is really interesting. I think from the audience's reaction, I can tell that some of these games are just not on the same level as some yeah. of the others that we're talking yep. about. So yeah. it's really interesting. Uh, really right, guys, thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you so much for reading IGN, watching GameScoop, listening to GameScoop. Everybody have a great PAX East. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Thanks, guys.
What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.